You know, six weeks ago, uh, I spoke on, you know, just making sure that your fortress is fortified. And at the same time that I spoke that, the Lord had given me a continuing thought uh, to speak on, and it was dismantling and pulling down strongholds in our life. And so it's like, we've, I've been waiting for the schedule to come back on and for today to be the day that the Holy Spirit says, I need to make something clear to you. Guys, he needs to make something clear to us. So we started before with the fortresses being fortified and I taught on how important that strong foundation was so that the enemy would not be able to tear down us or our family and that we would be able to just bind up his attacks through the Holy Spirit and through his word. So that was a very important message. If you didn't hear it, it was on June 4th. Go back to Spotify and listen to it. But today, the Holy Spirit is really wanting us to continue with another way of building up and tearing down. We build up our relationship with Jesus and through the Holy Spirit, and we tear down every obstacle that is in the way, and one of those is definitely a stronghold. Psalms um, 9:10 in the Passion Translation says, O oh Lord, you will never, no, never neglect those who come to you. And that's what the Lord is calling us to do today. He's calling us to come, not just come, but to run to him and surrender and surrender so that we can be overcomers. We are walking in this place one way maybe, but today I declare right now we are not going to leave here the way we came in, in Jesus' name. We will come back to that walk with the Lord, and we will declare, today is the day, overcomers in Christ. The Lord is calling us to break stubborn strongholds in our lives. John 8, 36 says, and a lot of y'all probably know this. So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed, right? That means you're completely free. We're not doing this on our own. The Son of God is doing it. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, right? There is freedom. And that's where we want to be today. We want to walk in that. So we want to break off any strongholds that have had us bound in any way. No more strongholds in our life. It's time to break off the cycle of torment that comes from listening to and agreeing with the enemy of our soul. It's time to break off that cycle of heaviness and live like we've been set free, right? Where we have perfect liberty. This message today, this really isn't out one for the world. This is for the church. This is for you sitting here today. We have been walking, even as the body of Christ, in these cycles of bondage. And to be honest, I'm just going to be honest right off the bat. Two weeks ago, uh, at Rebecca's house, we had to deal with uh, just strongholds and dealing with a strong man. And, and I got to pray um, uh, with Angela Salter. And my confession was, I have been struggling with a spirit of heaviness. I have, and I'm like, enemy, you cannot do this. I don't give you authority to do this. And if I have, I take it back today, right? And Angela, it was so precious to pray with me so that I could release and get that off of me because I don't want to walk in a spirit of heaviness. I want to walk in the joy of the Lord because that's what he bought for me, the joy of the Lord. We can find ourselves lacking peace and joy and clarity. So let's put on the truth of God's word, and we're going to put it right out here right now on the table. Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we would still live in torment of any kind. He purchased through the shedding of his own blood. Today we talked about the old rugged cross in one of the songs He shed his blood 
for our peace, for your peace, for your joy, for your love, for your clarity. All those things that are grounded in truth, that's what he died for so that you could live in it. Because we walk in our own salvation experience and we have relationship with Jesus, we should be walking in freedom, living free. When it comes to strongholds in our lives, the scriptures are absolutely clear that he has made the way for our freedom. Not that we have to go, no offense, to counseling for our freedom. He has made the perfect way for our freedom. Believers can be set free from strongholds. I just want to be clear that it's different from a believer to an unbeliever because an unbeliever doesn't even know the Lord, right? But we know the Lord. The word says, we who are alive in Christ have been given a new nature. So we come to the Lord through that new nature and through that relationship with Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, verse 3, in the Passion Translation says, The corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. I look at that and go, self-centered life, possibly. We lived by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated. I just love the way it says it. Like, we're totally out of control. It's just all about us, right? Living as rebellious children and subject to God's wrath like everyone else. Oh, but then there's verse 4. But God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in his compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed. I love the the Passion Translation because it It adds another one, not just dead, but we were doomed by our many sins. He united us into the very life. He took our life and united us into the very life of Christ. And he saved us by his wonderful grace. Another scripture real quick. Romans 8, 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Does that make sense to you, just hearing it? Those things, you know, if we're thinking, if we live by the flesh, then our, thing, our thoughts are only on the things about this world, our nature, what's going to happen in my life, my business, my business, uh, you know, like my, um, maybe my stocks. You know, it's just like, it's all about here and now, right? Those who live according to the Spirit, their minds are set on the things of the Spirit, They want to know what God's doing, how they can walk with the Holy Spirit every day. It says, for to set their minds on the things of the flesh is death. That's what it says. But to set their minds on the things of the Spirit is life and peace. Man, that's where I want to be. Because if my mind's on the stuff of this world, it's all over the place. If I keep my mind set on Jesus, I can walk in life in peace. Continuing, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. That may seem a little abrupt, but I really think it's true. The word says it is. It's hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who walk in the flesh cannot please God. Verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So it's not just how we're walking, but it's literally being in a place where we shift. We make that shift where we begin walking as sons of God. We begin living as a son, as a son If you have a good relationship with your father, then you know how special that is. And if you don't, man, we want to pray for you to receive healing in that area so nothing blocks your relationship with God the Father. It is vital that as sons, we learn to walk in the Spirit and by the Spirit. Today, we are looking at what a stronghold is and how it gets established in our lives. 
So we just need to be really careful, right? And I want to explain, this is not about glorifying or let's just focus on strongholds. This is literally about dismantling them so that they have no power over your life. A stronghold is a high place, a defensive structure. In the New Testament, the Greek word actually means a place of strength. So we just got the reading in Romans 8, just wrote Romans 8, and it says um, that it's warning us, right? It's warning us about walking according to the flesh. If we continue to walk in the flesh and not according to the spirit, we actually can create our own set of strongholds just by that act. Strongholds are a result of beliefs and are taken into our lives and that forms a root that is contrary and does not agree with the word or the thoughts of God. That's basically what it is, right? These are brought to us by the enemy of our soul. And it gives him a stronghold over our actions. A stronghold can be another type of fortress that is built around sin. You know, before I talked about fortresses that we're building up according to God, that strong tower. But we can, tip, we can actually build up a fortress that is built on sin, our actions and our beliefs. And if the enemy can, he's going to help us to begin to defend them. Have you ever been someone around someone who you just know they have strongholds and you hear them and they are defending the weakness. They're defending the sin or the depression or the bad beliefs. It's because a stronghold has been erected in their life. We can build up our own beliefs. You know, maybe it's things that we don't understand spiritually ourselves, And so maybe we don't know how to seek it out in the word. And if you don't, ask. Someone can help you. But if there is a strong, if there is something you don't understand and you begin to not seek in the word, but settle it in your own mind, then you're going to have your own thoughts about that, right? And now all of a sudden we have our own truth. Have you ever been, or maybe yourself, decided you were going to just have your own truth? This is what I think it means because you didn't seek it out, right? People do that all the time. But if we begin to accept our own thoughts as truth, the things that we've made up ourselves, it literally is going to begin to build up a wall to the truth. And that wall is going to get stronger and stronger. And those thoughts, those thoughts, we are going to put them into a high place in our lives. And then we're going to begin to use them to protect ourselves. Sometimes we only reveal a portion of who we are. Just a little bit. I'm going to let you know this part of me and no more. I think I'm guilty. We're all guilty, I think. We feel so strong about protecting ourselves. And we don't want to take a chance of revealing who we really are. So I'm just going to give you the safe places. The things I think you would approve of. We have no idea that if we would just allow the Holy Spirit to breach, breach that wall of that unhealthy fortress that we have built ourselves, that the Lord himself would come in and set us completely free. Will you let him breach the wall that you're building today? Would you let him just get a little crack in, just a little crack, maybe just missing one brick of the wall so that he can start penetrating today. Many of us have been building this wall for so long that those that are around us, they have no idea how to help us. Is that true? It happens. You have no idea how to help someone. You know, because we begin to defend this wall so well, and it makes it difficult for others to get in that love you and to minister to you. It's like, mm, no, I'd rather keep my wall, thank you. <laughs> If you are brave enough today to just ask the Lord if you have erected any strongholds, I know that the Holy Spirit will show you where the root of those strongholds are in your life. How do you know if you have a stronghold? Well, there's lots of ways to know, but the one way that came to my heart when I was writing this is maybe you come to church week after week. 
You may even sing the songs. You may even fellowship with the people around you. You know, you're laughing and joking. You're fellowshipping. You know, you sing all the songs, and, and you look like everything's okay, right? But when you leave, you walk out these doors and get back in your car, there's absolutely no, no, zero spiritual change. Is that scary? No change. You've walked into his presence. You've been around people that love Jesus with all of their heart. You've come into his presence through worship. You've been around believers. You've heard the word of God that should transform your life. And yet you get back in your car and you're exactly the same. Does that make sense? I need a yes if it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That silent attack is still working against your soul. So you can get back in the car and you still feel the, just the effects of that attack. You feel the fear. You feel the same anxiety, the pride, the depression, the anger, the confusion. All those things, the attack, they're just nothing got to be changed because we didn't bring anything down to make room for the change. You may walk through life and you're trying to have the best personality Maybe you're outgoing, you're successful in everything you do. You have a big smile on your face, and everyone thinks you're okay. But the Lord, he wants you to know today that he sees your struggle. And I really feel like even when Birdie came up, that's what the Lord was saying. He sees you. He sees your struggle. He sees the pain. He sees the frustration. He sees it all, and he knows how to fix it if you'll just surrender to him. Today, we're going to look back at the word of God, and we are going to keep him as our fortress, as our refuge, and as our rock. We are going to ask for his anointing to break down every wall that has tried to take the place of the work of God that fortifies our fortress that God himself built for us. He built the right one, right? Maybe, you know, maybe we've lived a certain way so long that even though it's not satisfying us at all, it's just comfortable. So we just stay there. It's not satisfying your soul. It's just comfortable. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use mighty, God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. You know, that's the ultimate goal, right? It's to know God. That's why the enemy's constantly putting things to distract you, to keep you from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. I think out of every scripture I know, I probably quote this one the most and not out of this translation. King James, because that's the way I memorized it. But the truth is the truth. Paul was seeing that this mindset had begun to develop in the mind of the believers. It wasn't, he wasn't talking to the world, he's talking to the church. So Paul tells us that the weapons are not carnal. Now, some people that are older, like me, know exactly what carnal means. But if you've had a new translation or version of the Bible, you may not know the word carnal. The Strong's Concordance says that's having the nature of flesh governed by our human nature, not the Spirit of God. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. The weapons are not, spirit, are not physical. The weapons that the enemy is using are not physical. The attacks are not physical. So we can't attempt to tear them down with human effort. We'll get nowhere if we're trying. It's just like this. In the King James Version, we we read it like this. Mighty through God 
I love that. I actually like it better, right? In the King James, mighty through God. The purpose of God's weapons are to bring us back into the alignment of God's nature and his word. He's bringing us back. Then he says, to the pulling down of strongholds. He is um, implying here that everything will be pulled down, not just partially. We don't want to leave parts of that stronghold up. He has done such a powerful work through Jesus that if we choose to obey right now, we can pull down that stronghold. And there will be absolutely no evidence that it was ever there. No residue that it was ever there if we submit that to Jesus. That is the measure of freedom that comes through the cross. That is the measure of freedom that he has made us to be able to walk in. He's made it available to us. He's made it available to us. And I keep thinking, Lord, I can't wait to get to the altar call today because I know what you're doing in this place and in our lives. His freedom is actually available to all of us. If you look around this room, you look at the person next to you, that freedom is available to all of us. There's not one person in this place that it is not far. And I know, I know, even from my own experience, that sometimes... If I'm not careful, the enemy will come in with a battle in my life. And if for a one hot minute, I'll mistake that battle for bondage, for stronghold. I will because it's like, oh, this feels so awful. But he's given us freedom to walk in. I don't believe it's his will for our lives to be struggling or for us to be tormented even if we're struggling in an area right now, I'm not saying that healing wounds that are in your heart cannot be a process. I know that it can. I've had to have that process in my life, and I've walked through many that have gone through the process. It's most, it most certainly can, but where does the focus need to be? On the wounding and the brokenness? Oh, what Jesus Christ has done. It must be on his availability for us to have total freedom. He wants us to overcome. Even if there's a delay in that freedom being manifest in our life, it does not mean that this is not for you. It means you will step in when you surrender your life. We have been given the weapons to bring us into alignment with the will of God in our lives. So we cast down all imaginations, all reasonings, deceptive mindsets, lies the enemy has told us, false arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself and keeps people from knowing the truth of the knowledge of God, of the knowledge of God, of knowing God. Do you realize how important it is? I mean, today when she's like, it, the enemy's coming after your thoughts. He's trying to pull you out of this moment where Holy Spirit's moving. He's making you think about all these other things. Man, I, I call it actually when I'm praying with people, people, let's lasso in those thoughts. I picture a lasso. Let's get them and let's yank them. I mean, aggressively, not like, oh, just float through the air and it might eventually land on the ground. I mean, I see it as lassoing it in and throwing it not just to the ground, but to the foot of the cross where they need to be. What, if, what I found is that if I have a warped view in any area of my life about God, then I'm not going to trust him in that area. So if I allow a stronghold into my life, it can keep me in that place. In my, in my short time of, what is this? I was in a place of heaviness. The heaviness was literally rooted in the stronghold of the spirit of heaviness. And I had to come out of agreement. I couldn't just talk about it. 
let people know I was going through it. This doesn't feel good. I'm not liking this kind of semi-depression. What is this going on in my life? I needed to come out of agreement with it so it wouldn't have any hold on my life. Before you can take an enemy captive, you must overcome their stronghold. Now, this goes back to the teaching that I was teaching on having your fortress fortified. In order to take an enemy captive, you must first overcome their stronghold. Do you remember that? Now, that was speaking of the stronghold in a positive way. This is like saying we have got to see that fortress, that wall, that tower, and we have to realize in this instance that is a defense mechanism. That wall that over here we want to build up, on this side, we have to tear it down. We have to tear it down. So we have to, defend, we have to tear down the defense mechanism. In this scripture in 2 Corinthians, the stronghold is actually the way we think, right? It's the process by which we see and process and hear things, okay? So I'm going to give you an example if someone is carrying a stronghold of, let's say, bitterness, they're going to see and hear everything through that lens, through that sound, right? So everything that you say or you do and that relationship with them is going to be processed through that paradigm. And so um, they're going to think, you know, maybe you don't like them. Maybe you don't want to be around them. So let's say, for instance, you were going to meet up with them. These are all hypothetical, right? You were going to meet up with them, and you were accidentally late. Maybe you just had some kind of delay. The first thing that will process through their mind is that you did not want to meet with them. And that's why you were late, because being late meant you got to spend less time with them because you didn't care about them in the first place. Does that make sense? But it, it, it does if you're thinking through that lens. So that's just giving an example of a stronghold. That way of thinking becomes a stronghold or a fortress in our mind. And then that's where our thoughts and our ideas and our opinions come out of. Example, if we don't deal with that stronghold of bitterness... Then all of a sudden, before we know it, we are processing through that lens, and now we've come into the stronghold of offense. Now we're walking a fence. And if we don't take care of that offense, before you know it, that stronghold turns into a stronghold of unforgiveness. The enemy would just love to continue to try to trap us layer upon layer upon layer and it's all lies. We can't try to take an enemy captive before first tearing down the stronghold. So that's why the word says to bring into captivity every thought. Every time you see that, now I hope you just picture that lasso, pulling them in. When I spoke about fortifying your fortress, I talked about first overtaking the walls, then taking down the defenses, and then we could take the enemy captive. Even believers have to take their thoughts captive. You know, I think we give ourselves a pass. Oh, I'm Christian, I got this. And the Holy Spirit's going, man, he's after you. He's after you. You have got to take your thoughts captive. When we don't, this can cause us to go in and out of cycles of freedom. I won't make you raise your hand. Have you ever been there? In and out of cycles of freedom. We can walk in joy and peace for a couple months. We're riding high. God is so good. Man, I just get goosebumps when I think about Jesus, right? Maybe we've been to church and it's been good. We've been to Bible study and it couldn't have been richer. And then we go to worship night over at the Psalters. It's amazing. God is so on top of our life and where his presence is all over the place. And then all of a sudden, Something happens, and we realize, oh, when that happened? When that happened, I'm right back where I was dealing with the issues of my life. What happened? 
The enemy will first tell you a lie, and he knows the exact lie, the exact lie that you're going to believe. Well, is that because he's omniscient? Is it because he knows all things? No, it's because he's listening to you and he's watching your patterns, right? He's watching the cycles of your life. So he begins to throw that lie because he knows he's got you with that one before, right? That's a good old trap. He doesn't have to hardly even work on it. Just throw it back out and it happens, works again. The lie he tells me is not going to be the lie that he tells you. He knows how to tell us the lie that we'll fall for and be convinced of and persuaded that it is true. We must remember a lie is anything that contradicts the truth. Anything that contradicts the truth. That's, I mean, that's it. That is why it's so important to know the truth well. That way we can quickly recognize the lie when it comes. And we go, I'm not falling for this again. I'm not. I'm done. I'm not falling for this one again. We have got to stay in spiritual warfare over our lives all the time. All the time. You know, we can be praying for our kids. We can be praying for our pastor. We can be praying for our friends. Guys, you need to surrender every day and go into spiritual warfare for yourself so that you can lead others well. Do we even know what a spiritual warfare looks like and actually is? Spiritual warfare, it is the fight to believe God's truth over the enemy's lies. At, at, its, at its basic thing, that's what it is. It's elevating God's truth against the, uh, the lies of the enemy. We have to engage the enemy with the truth of God's word. You know how we know that that's how we engage the enemy? Because we already have an example from Jesus himself. That's how he engaged the enemy in Matthew. I was going to say Mark. I wanted to say Mark really bad. In Matthew chapter 4, when he was tempted by the enemy, he didn't use any other battle, con, uh, battle tool but the word of God. That's what he used. He battled with the word of God. Those who are under deception never know that they're being deceived. Have you ever noticed that? They don't even know they're being deceived. And that's what makes it so hard because, you know, we don't realize that we're under deception. So we can easily be offended when someone's trying to love us and trying to lead us back to the Lord, trying to walk us to the place of victory in Christ. You know, I'm telling you, sometimes if you don't re recognize that you're in deception, you're like, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to do? And instead of going, that's a great idea. Let's pray about it. Let's surrender it. Let's take it to Jesus. It's like, get away from me. You don't understand. That's what we hear. We don't, you don't understand. Okay. Today, the Lord's saying, we're going to deal with it. This morning, I pray that we are all set free. And whatever the enemy has brought to us and whatever he's been lying to us about is done. So we remember a lie is anything that contradicts the truth. Do you know that a lie, once it is believed, it can just be out here, but once it is believed, it becomes deception. Deception then becomes a mindset. When you've been deceived, it becomes a mindset through which all of our thoughts come through. Then that deception leads to feelings. Isn't that crazy how the enemy just takes us down this road? And then those feelings land up being actions. The actions then lead to habits. And then all of a sudden those habits take us into cycles. Lies, lies, lies. We find ourselves trying to deal a lot of times with the actions. And sometimes we need to stop. And just go back and deal with the mindset. Because that's where the enemy found the way in. That is why if we are trying to deal with the actions, it becomes a very temporary fix. 
and it's not fixed permanently. The feelings and the actions you feel with a stronghold, I'm just going to say this because I think it's true, maybe y'all won't, but the, the feelings and actions that you feel with a stronghold can feel very similar to what you would have felt like in the world before you knew Jesus. Does that make sense? If you've ever been through a struggle with the enemy, it's like, man, this, this stinks. This is hard. This doesn't feel good. And all of a sudden you realize, man, this feel, I, I felt this before, right? So the enemy's trying to take us back to the before feeling, before you came to know Jesus. You know, um, those strongholds produce heaviness. They can produce confusion. Strongholds and demonic attacks are very real. So we have got to know how to get free. Matthew 6.23 says, when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light, the light you think you have is darkness, how deep that darkness is. Isn't that crazy? I mean, that's a pretty deep scripture, right? The whole body's filled with darkness. But the part that gets me is if the light you think you have is also dark, man, I'm being deceived all over the place. How deep that darkness is. How do we identify a stronghold? We have to know the word of God. We cannot identify a stronghold by our opinions. We can't. We can only dispel darkness and strongholds by turning on the light, which is the word of God. We fight deception by aligning ourselves back to the word of God. That's how we can fight deception. We have to come back to the word of God. You know, I've said this before, and the Bible clearly says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But the question is, so how free do you want to be? Just a little? Just a little free? Or do you want to be free indeed? Every part of your life free before the Lord. Well, then, if the word dispels the darkness, then your mind has to be renewed. It has to be renewed. It has to be transformed. And that's not going to happen by listening to other people talk. It's not going to be by hearing the opinions of others, even if they're godly. It's going to be by going straight to the word of God. If you don't know the word, I'm just going to say this. If you don't know the word, then you can easily fall prey to the enemy's lies. Your deception is so much easier if you don't have something to stand on to begin with. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 says, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all, the, all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood. These are not flesh and blood enemies. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in the dark world. And against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist, not partner, not kind of like, not as no big deal, resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will stand firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop every fiery arrow that comes from the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Do not slumber, guys. Do not sleep. This is not the time to begin to get relaxed. I think I'm just going to take a breather for a while. Holy Spirit saying, do not slumber. Do not sleep. Okay, back to the scripture. Stay alert. 
and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Okay, I'm going to be honest. Every time I read this scripture, I kind of stop before praying for all believers everywhere. (laughs) I'm concentrating on that armor, right? And the Holy Spirit showed me when I was studying for this, that last verse is very important. You know why? Because it puts our focus on others. Do you know how many of our problems are because our focus is on, on me? If I'm praying for you and my focus is on you and what God's doing in you, then I'm not constantly looking into me and what's happening to me. And, you know, it just, I think the best times in my life are when I'm getting to pray for others that are going through things because I wake in the morning and after we get through praying and worshiping God, we're praying and crying out for others. Okay, let's go back to verse 11. What does it say? It says, put on all the armor of God. Not just some of it. So that's very important. Then the word says, we will be able to stand against. Does it say some of the strategies? All the strategies of the enemy. The word strategies there in the strong concordance literally means deceptions. Okay, this is looking at strategies. Deceptions. Trickery methods. Manipulating. Cunning. Persuading someone to do what one wants. This says that we can stand against all the strategies of the enemy. There's nothing missing in this. Do you all realize this scripture? There's nothing missing. It's not like there's now all these other strongholds or demonic attacks. Or This is all. All. Even if it doesn't have, you know, it's not stating its name, Right? This is the truth of God's word. We must put our focus on Holy Spirit. We need to learn, gosh, guys, this is vital. We need to learn to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the truth of his word. Then we'll walk free. We need to put on all the armor and we will be able to stand against all, not some of the strategies. Every spirit, every evil spirit that you may be fighting against right now, that's under the word all. Just want to put that out there. Every evil spirit that you are fighting against is part of all. And the word says that we have complete and full authority in the name of Jesus to dismantle all. Isn't that? When we are looking at, I'm going to clap for my, thank you, Lord. (laughs) Okay, when we are looking at 2 Corinthians 10, it was very clear that the word was instructing us about our thoughts and our mindset. So it goes hand in hand with the scripture right now that we're reading in Ephesians. So let's look at the armor again. We put on the belt of truth. So where do we believe and receive truth? The word says it's in our heart, it's in our mind. You know, if we're, if we're like um, in Romans, you know, we're looking 10, 8, and 8, 9, 10, we're like looking and we're going to believe it and receive it in our heart and our mind. So we're putting on that belt of truth through our heart and our mind, which takes us back to Ephesians, right? Okay. And how about body armor of righteousness? Where do we struggle with righteousness? We stand in a place of temptation Sometimes to not believe that. The enemy comes to our mind to mess with us, even when we are trying to stand in the body of righteousness, that armor. We're being tempted in our mind. We put on the shoes of peace. What does the Lord say about peace? He says, we have our peace in Christ Jesus, and it's in our mind. He has given us peace of mind. We put on the shield of faith. Where do we find our faith? We have our faith when we believe in our heart and our mind. We put on the helmet of salvation. This is our mindset that we get to put on, and it's all about salvation by and through faith in God. It's the renewing of our mind. All of the armor has to do with our heart 
and our mind. So this is how we fight as believers. Then the Lord gives us one weapon right there, and it says, it is the sword of the Spirit. And what is that? It's the Word of God. So we're fighting the renewing, we're fighting all of this with that armor. The armor's coming from us getting in the Word and knowing the Word, and then it's renewing our mind, and He becomes the strength. We become strong because of our knowledge of the Word of God. That's how we can fight the battle the word of God. We have to use the word of truth to pull down the strongholds of the enemy. We can begin to ask Holy Spirit to show us the lies that we have believed and to search the scriptures to unveil it before our eyes. We need to know his truth so that the power of the stronghold can come off right now. I declare today that every scale will be removed from your eyes right now. No more delay. 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17 says, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are truth, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes from trusting Jesus Christ. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us what to do that is right. God uses it to prepare and to equip to do his every good work in our lives. So this again is referring to what is true. This takes us back to the belt of truth. When it says all scripture is inspired by the word of God, that literally means that it is God breathed. The word of God carries the DNA of God. You know, me, I just wish I could hear his voice. The word of God carries his DNA. It's all, I mean, if you got nothing else, get in the word. You will know his voice by hearing his word spoken to you page after page after page. There are many strongholds that Christians can deal with every day, and we don't even realize it. So I'm going to name a few, and just a few, because I believe the Holy Spirit is going to help you if you ask. Okay, so now I'm going to be real honest again. So if you were to ask me what I thought about the spirit of religion, I would tell you I hate it. Oh boy, I want to cry. But then I will tell you that being born and raised a Christian, loving Jesus every day of my life, I mean, I can't ever remember not loving him. Got saved when I was six, built a baptism when I was 10, leading people to Jesus in first grade. I've loved him my whole life. And with that can become pride. There can be pride in my life. There can be the spirit of legalism. Because somehow I've been so good. I've been so good. Don't you want to throw up? I should have had them pass out barf bags at the door. (laughs) I've been so good that somehow in there, I think that it's God's awesome work plus what I do every day. Oh, it stinks. Stinks so bad. So if y'all remember... Holy Spirit's just like, and this, and this, and this to me. So I don't know what he's doing to y'all, but it's all this stuff. Two weeks ago, when we were back in the gym praying, the Holy Spirit just kept saying, nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. That's all I could hear. I mean, people were praying, and I'm agreeing, and then my mind would just keep, Holy Spirit, nothing but the blood. And then all of a sudden, I realized, oh, are you trying to make a point to me, Jesus? And the Holy Spirit said, nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And here I am, almost 62, next month. And the Holy Spirit saying, nothing. Stop saying nothing plus. Stop believing nothing plus. And I'm so thankful for Chris because that morning when the Lord was speaking that to me, I'm going, well, I'm just going to keep this one to myself. <laughs> and, and my sweet brother goes, what is the Lord showing you? Hmm, nothing, nothing. You know, because pride wants to go, that thought's going to go away. Don't worry about it. You'll get over it and you'll think it's about you again. It's fine. <laughs> but Holy Spirit wants to break that off of me. Every stinking part of it. And I know if he's doing that for me at almost 62, there's things in your life that you may have carried that he's ready to tear off, break off. Ooh, do you know how you know if you're struggling with legalism, this stronghold of legalism? Here's one question. And this really wasn't my part, but this is one. Because <sighs> I love Jesus, I have a relationship with him. I'm not thinking I'm going to hell. I'm just thinking I'm... I'm just doing a real good job loving on him. <laughs> it's just as sick. And I'm just being honest. <laughs> oh, Lord. Later I'll go, why did I say this? Okay. Here's the question. Do you live in constant fear of losing your salvation? Do you? Do you think in any way, shape, or form things that you are doing are earning your salvation? This may be followed with, this is knowing if you have a stronghold of legalism, feelings of shame frequently, condemnation frequently, hopelessness frequently, and feeling like you always have to do more. There's, what, did, what did I forget? I went through my list. I was a good girl today. What more did I need to do? What happens a lot of times if you have that belief in that stronghold in your life, then you can get in a pattern of doing service for the Lord and it is literally joyless instead of joyful. It's all set up on the wrong foundation. Okay. It can cause us to walk away from our relationship with the Lord. I've seen so many. Man, I could just make a list and pages and pages of friends and family that have walked away because they were thinking, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. Every time I make a mistake, I'm not enough. We live in a place where we're waiting for God to either strike us down or for sure he's going to distance himself from us because we made a mistake. So then that guilt and shame and mental torment and heaviness comes over us. And today, he is saying, enough. Walk in the freedom because Jesus has set us free. We want to serve him out of our relationship with him. Okay, so it's not the blood plus anything else. So if you're like me, break it off today. Another example of a stronghold would be the lie of accusation. The enemy brings a stronghold of guilt and shame. And this lie says, God, you're not enough. And God's not enough to make you enough. You're not enough. And God's not enough to make you enough. And you know what? Even if he's in the business of forgiving, he's not going to forgive you. He may forgive some of your sins, but gosh, no one knows about that one, but you do. You do. So instead of enjoying our walk and our relationship with the Lord, we let the enemy through that stronghold keep taking us back to that place of sin in our past. And it's always on our mind. And today the Lord is saying, you are forgiven. It is under the blood. Walk away from that stronghold. Don't let it take your joy away. Who's the accuser? 
the enemy of our souls, Satan, he is before the throne accusing us day and night. The word says he accuses the brethren day and night. He is the father of lies. So once you've repented of a sin, just turn away from that sin. And then the enemy has no legal right to condemn you ever again. He cannot continue to bring that sin before your mind, saying you are not forgiven. His blood has been applied. And you know what? Something else. You being miserable, it's not a payment for what you did. It's not a payment for what you did. The word says, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Another strongest temptation, another stronghold is in temptation. I'm so glad I got to start early. Sorry. This lie is clothed like this. The voice of the enemy whispers, this sin, now let's just fill in the blank, you know, whatever that sin is, it's going to satisfy you. This is what this stronghold looks like of temptation. You keep going back to that sin and you keep falling for that lie that it will satisfy you. The enemy tells you, you're going to get satisfaction this time when you do it. You're going to get satisfaction. He's a liar and it's a stronghold. I'm not trying to be hard on this. I'm not trying to be stiff-necked on this. I want you to walk in freedom. Freedom. <sighs> I can't tell you what you want to hear. So today, you know, when I start talking about tough things, I'm like, I hope it's okay. We must believe only the truth of God's word in what it says about sin. We know that temptation can lead to sin. And ultimately, that leads to spiritual death. That's what 1 John chapter 5 says. It's the word. I just want to say this, and again, I'm not trying to be hard. Never confuse God's mercy on your life for permission to sin. This cycle feels like this. You get trapped because you find yourself, again, being double-minded. Right? I love Jesus, but I sure like this sin. I love Jesus. But, and, and you find yourself going back and forth, back and forth. You're in the world, out of the world. In church, back in the world. You need to realize that those sinful habits that were formed in your mind, they have distanced you. Even if you show up every Sunday back here, they have distanced you from a God who loves you so, so much. Because you believed a lie that that sin will satisfy. Today, I pray it's broken. There are many strongholds that I don't have time to discuss today. But I'm believing that if you feel that in your heart and you're struggling, that the Holy Spirit's going to help you come out and the truth's going to set you free. We can look everywhere to break free. I'll begin 10 minutes we can look everywhere. Do you know how many people go to every single conference there are? I mean, if there's a conference they're going, if there is, you know, extra service during the week, they're going to be there. If there's different people speaking about different topics, they're going to be there. If there's a prophetic line, they're going to get in line. Like they're going everywhere just seeking to be set free. They're seeking to know truth. And the word says only his word is going to set us free. Do you know how much time you could save from and money not having to run to every single conference and just get in the word? Now I'm meddling. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. If you love Jesus and you've still been struggling for a while and you haven't been able to come out of agreement, don't give up. The word says if you endure you're going to reap a harvest. And I believe that harvest, harvest looks like freedom today for you. Our flesh can gain influence and then lose influence. Can you all feel that? Our flesh can gain influence and then lose influence, depending on how we're living our life. I can tell, I'm always first to admit, I can tell when I've put everything else or anything else above Jesus, being Lord of my life and over my time, over my thoughts. 
We have to submit our thoughts to the Lord constantly because that is how we're going to battle the flesh. We can break off those old mindsets when we begin to meditate on the word. Meditate is usually not just a scripture, but it can be. If the Lord gives you one scripture and you just keep rehearsing that beautiful word and letting it bathe your spirit, it can be one. But this is talking about, when I think of meditate, it takes effort because I'm going to chew on it. I'm going to let it transform me. We will win this battle when we deal with it. Kind of a cut and dry. We need to be disciplined with our walk. True? We need to be disciplined. Thank you, Chris. We need to be obedient to the word, praying and spending time with the Lord. We have to take the word and use the word to cast down every imagination, every time, and pull it down with the truth of God's word. We have to identify the root, and if we ask the Holy Spirit, he will help us. We have to cast down every lie that we believed. The Holy Spirit is going to show you the truth so you can walk in freedom today. I'm praying that as you've been sitting here, you've been allowing the Holy Spirit to make you just a little bit vulnerable. Just vulnerable. The Holy Spirit right now, right now may still be holding your thoughts into those lies. But I'm saying, Holy Spirit, have your way Remove the blinder. Remove the shackles. Let them fall. Psalms 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. You know, I'm just praying that you'll be vulnerable enough today to ask someone to pray with you so that you can walk away free. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed, whole, whole. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and it produces wonderful results. There are parts of us that not, cannot be completely healed because we're so afraid of letting someone in. And we don't want anyone to know our struggles. If they're big, if they're little bitty, we just don't want anybody to know. We can choose today to walk out our new restored life. We can be strong and we can be healed today. We can silence the lies of the enemy in our heart and our mind. Psalms 32, 7 through 11 says, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. That's where he's calling us to today. So I'm just going to end there. I've got more, of course, I think four pages, but I'm ending there because he has called us today to come out of our hiding place, out of the places that we have kept hidden, and we bring them into him. The only hiding place that we want in our life is him, is him. And I believe that he will protect us from our trouble and he will surround us with songs of deliverance. If we can have the worship team come back, please. Let's just close our eyes. Holy Spirit, I thank you so much that you love us enough. You, I mean... Lord, everything you do, everything you do is because of your love for us. To give your very life for us. To allow your body to be beaten, to be torn. For your blood to flow so that we could walk in victory. Lord, you didn't take our redemption lightly. You didn't take our restoration back to God lightly. You gave your very life 
that we could surrender who we are and choose you, Jesus. We choose you today. Lord, I pray, God, if there's anyone here today that has been struggling with any area in their life, that they've just, can I just hold on to this one thing? Holy Spirit, I thank you that you will just draw them, not out of shame, not even out of the pain, but out of your love, because your love draws us to you. Your love, it says your kindness draws us to repentance. Lord, I pray, God, today that you will have your way in these precious people. Lord, I pray that you have your way in me. I thank you, God, that your love and your truth dwells in this house, that your word of truth will be preached because you have called us to equip the saints of God that they can walk in power and in might through you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. If there's anyone here today and you have never, ever asked Jesus into your life, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. Jesus brought us today together so that you would have an opportunity to say, Yes, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I will walk with you. I don't even know what this looks like, Jesus, but I surrender and I want to walk with you. New life can be yours today in Jesus' name. If you've been walking and struggling, if the, if the elders can come, their wives, prayer team, y'all can come. If you've been walking in a place of struggle and the enemy may have just even been lying to you, whispering in your ear, you and I, we got this. The Holy Spirit today is saying, lay it down. You don't need to have anything. Just unclench those hands and open them to Jesus. Surrender so that he can have his perfect way in your life today. Okay, if y'all have, if y'all need prayer about anything, even if it's not a stronghold, we want to pray with you. If it's for salvation, if it's for healing, if it's something, if you're looking for a job and you need us to come into agreement, come. It can be about anything. There's power in agreement. So find those like-minded people that love Jesus and come let us pray with you. God's going to give you your breakthrough today. Just surrender to him in Jesus' name. You guys be blessed.